Thank you. One of the things that um, you know we realize as Christians is that you know, hey, I know some other sincere folks that believe that Jesus came. They believe that Jesus was raised. Uh, we agree on a lot of stuff. Why can't we agree on some other stuff? You know, why is it that we can't agree on so much stuff? And the foundation really, for most of that, is in that uh, how we uh, approach uh, God, our attitude towards Him and His Word, uh, basically our foundational way that we process uh, and interact with Him is tied up in this idea of authority, uh, a recognition of, basically a recognition of who He is and who we are. But we kind of come to this question, um, you know, this idea of, of um, what is the source of morality, um, morals. When we talk about the word morals, and we're talking just, you know, in our daily lives about what that is, a lot of the terms used kind of interchangeably are the idea of standards. You know, they would say, well, that's a moral person. Well, that's a person who has standards or values. You know, uh, inherent in this idea of a standard is a standard, right? And... If we're going to approach this subject, really to try to uh, work on this idea of how are we going to be unified in our approach to God, how are we going to be unified in our uh, view of the world we live in, how are we going to be unified to worship together, to be in agreement. Um, you know, this idea of values or standards, uh, we need to be looking at that together and in the same way. You know, when the scriptures tell us to be of the same mind, you know, what do you think that means? It, it, it means that we're approaching these things in the same way because if we're not approaching them the same way, we, of course, won't agree. But wanted to have those, kind of, I'm going to have most of the verses on the screen. Uh, the ones that I don't have, I've got marked. I'll try to, you know, read those for you, but you're welcome to follow along. I um, want to start out basically talking about, I had done a lot of research at one point about, um, you know, the views where people think that um, uh, these standards come from, where morals come from, uh, you know, worldly wisdom makes these claims, says morals can be established without a knowledge of God, therefore he is not the, the source. Uh, basically uh, saying that you can logically come to certain conclusions, certain standards for behavior which we could interact, right? Like if we just showed up on an island and nobody was informed in any way, we'd pretty quickly discover that lying, cheating, stealing would cause problems, right? That's, that's, the, that's one of the arguments. Um, if God is the creator of all things, then he's responsible for evil as well as good. Isn't that what worldly wisdom says? Right? And y'all ever run into anybody in the world that says that? You know, that's kind of contrary uh, to religion or Christianity? Sure you have. 
morality evolved out of necessity or desire for harmony and or by the need for more people to occupy a limited space. There again, like that story of, you know, we're all on the island and we pretty quickly find out that uh, we can't get along if we don't agree on some things. If God's commands go against the greatest happiness principle, then we have a good reason to jettison them. I don't know why this thought came into my mind, but, you know, I was kind of going back over that and thinking, well, you know, uh, the greatest happiness principle, you know, uh, what is it that would make me happy, right? You know, uh, I can immediately think of a bunch of things that, you know, go on in the world today, right? Like, um, let, let's say me and Miss Carrie can't be happy. Well, what about me and Matt, right? Matt's already got, no, 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 no. You know, but, but you see what I'm saying? That this idea of, you know, when man decides that happiness is the principle or the standard, right? For this idea of, of uh, whether or not a moral or a standard or a value has worth, right? Or has merit. You see where that'll take you? Uh, so, you know, this idea of this uh, greater happiness principle is one that's, you know, out there. So, you know, like I say, there's many good arguments made by atheists on this subject or, or those that would appeal to us or that would sound good, right? So that's why we study things like this so that we can understand uh, when we're talking to folks about this. The problem uh, for us in making a satisfactory answer is that generally speaking there's no such thing for someone who has already rejected the idea of intelligent design. In other words, if, if, if we're going to get to this point where we're going to have this discussion about authority or standards or morality, where do we have to get to first? We have to agree that there's a creator, right? That there's an intelligent designer. So, you know, if you're talking with somebody out in the world and you find that you, you can't talk about this subject, you, you got to back up. You got to put it in reverse and go back and you've got to, you've got to get to the point where you're at least talking about an intelligent designer, right? A creator. You've got to start at the beginning, right? Um, but for our purposes today, I basically just wanted to, you know, talk about we're, this is a group of Christians, and we're going to talk about it. I'm basically assuming that we're all here because we want to know what the Bible has to say about these things. So if you're talking to somebody in the world, you wouldn't necessarily take my PowerPoint and get cranking down through there because you're, you're going to have to start maybe a little ahead of this. Uh, but I wanted us, for the purpose of our subject, to talk about how these things relate to one another. Uh, and this, this is all just practical kind of stuff to help us get through our life, right? To get through our everyday because um, everyday has a problem that doesn't necessarily have a particular thou shalt or thou shalt not. The Bible has a lot to say about this idea of discernment or judgment. That means you're going to have to think about some stuff on your own. Well, how am I going to arrive at the same thing that Jerry's going to arrive at? 
well, how we think about and how we think about God's Word and how it relates to us is going to help me and Jerry come to the same conclusion about some of these difficult things that we face in life every day. So that's why we talk about these kinds of things, right? And how all these things interact help us with everyday problem solving as Christians. And when, when Christians say, well, I don't want to talk about that subject of authority, that's the same old shouts and shout nots, well, really it's not. This is the subject that helps us be unified on subjects that are most difficult, right? How we think about these things is what we're trying to process. So I want to just kind of go through how these things relate. So we're going to just talk about these four basic points. We're going to go through them, read some verses, and I want you to think about as we read these verses what they mean. You know, my values, my, my morals, my standards, where do they come from? How are they informed? Are they informed by my emotions? Are they informed by how I feel? Or they are informed in this way, right? Like, the purpose of this today isn't to talk about some things you should do or things you shouldn't do, but just to pick something like, um, I probably wouldn't be getting, you know, holes in my ears or my nose or, you know, stuff tattooed on my body, and I could probably come up with a whole lot of things about why not, but, you know, when I study a subject like this, when I decide that it's not my will but his will, when I decide that I'm trying to inform myself about what he would want and not what I would want, I find one verse about those things in scriptures, and it's negative. It, it's not in the New Testament. It doesn't tell me. So I can't say, Jerry, don't, don't go do that, right? But what can I say? I can say I'm not going to, right? Because I've looked in there. I found one thing on the subject. says don't do it. It's God telling his folks don't do it in the Old Testament. You know, but I could also come to that subject and say, well, I don't like it, or I don't appreciate those things, or, or maybe I could approach it and say, well, it's vanity, or it's this or that. You know, I could come to that conclusion a lot of ways. I could come to that conclusion just because that's a conclusion that I like already, right? But, you know, when we look at all the things that we have choices, you know, this idea of free will or choice faces us each day. So what am I going to do, right? So let's go through these things. So on this idea of authority or sovereignty, basically just put a, a chart up here. And, you know, when we're thinking about what to do, there's, there's me. I'm not this, right? Everybody knows me pretty good and all know. You know, I'm getting tired of all loving. Um, you know, so when we're talking about authority, uh, we're talking about ability or your feelings or the community and its standards or the congregation and its standards. Where do you appeal? Where do you go? Alright, so let's start. Isaiah uh, 64, 8. I've got these. I'll just go through them and read them. Isaiah 64, 8. 
But now, O Lord, Thou art our Father. We are the clay, and Thou art our potter. And we all are the work of Thy hand. So an acknowledgement that He is the Creator. Alright? Alright, John 1, 3. John 1, 3. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. If you go and read the first chapter of John, what you discover there is that that is speaking of Jesus. Job uh, 33, uh, 44 or 33.4, Job 33.4. Let's see. The Spirit of God and the breath me life. And again, we're pointing out, basically, we're talking about Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, This idea of all-knowing. 1 John 3.20. 1 John 3.20. Oh, they had all these marked. There we go. First John three twenty. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. All right. John sixteen thirty. John sixteen thirty. All right. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee? By this we believe thou camest forth from God. Talking about uh, the Son here. Alright. 1 Corinthians uh, 2.10 1 Corinthians 2.10 But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So this idea of being a creator is tied up with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This idea of being all-knowing is also tied up in those thoughts. This idea of being all-present. Let's go back to 1 Kings 8, 1 Kings 8, verse 27. 1 Kings 8, 27. Alright. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have uh, builded. This idea of uh, him completely dwelling uh, in a house or in a temple. Alright. Um, Matthew 28.20 Matthew 28.20 Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And that's the Son, that's Jesus. Alright, and first, or Psalms 139, Psalm 139, 7 through 10, whither, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Alright, this idea of all loving, I guess probably one of the 
more familiar verses is this uh, John 3.16. Um, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, Ephesians 5.25 um, Let's see here. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, we see a, a love of Christ that he would give his own life uh, for us, give, her, give his life for the church. Uh, and greater love had, knows no man than to give his life. Alright, Romans 15, 30 and 31. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord uh, Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. So this idea of His authority or His sovereignty, um, you know, when we think about the Trinity of God, when we think about um, all the different relationships of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and we think about all the different um, reasons why I wouldn't choose me, and you wouldn't choose you to be the source of how we sort out the things that we're faced with every day. You know, if I'm the source of how I sort my problems out, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall. Uh, if he's the source, we've got a pretty good chance, right? I've got a few additional passages. This is in Daniel. Daniel said, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to Him. It is He who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He, removes, he gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. Um, it's not necessarily tied to this, um, but you know, I decided I really didn't need to watch the news every day long time ago because it caused me a lot of problems. <laughs> Gave me some heartache, heartburn, right? And uh, really, uh, as we grow and mature in our confidence in our Creator, who's all-knowing, all-loving, and all-present, right? Uh, have y'all heard of people having complete breakdowns about climate change? That's going on. That's going on in our world today. People completely broke down. Uh, let me ask you something. Is there anything I can do particularly about that? And have those things been going on since God put this world here? Everybody acknowledges that, that that's our history, right? Um, when I start, you know, of course, when I watch the news, I was worried about the stuff with the government, right? All right. Well, really other than me participating in a positive way as I can every day, uh, am, am I going to change those things by getting upset about it? Right. So, if I, there again, if I go to my Creator, who's all-loving, all-knowing, and all-present, and I understand that He loves me, and, and 
things that I don't like are going on in the world around me, is it going to be okay anyway? Romans 4, uh, 17, as it is written, The Father of many nations have I made you in the presence of Him whom He believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. Um, you know, passage after passage in the Bible should give us confidence um, in Him, that we should turn over the way we uh, the think, the way we process difficulties, the way we deal with every day. If, if I've got confidence that He gives life to, to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist, if I believe that and I go through each day with that, and I've also adopted the idea that He loves me, how bad can it be? Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deeps. Um, you know, if I believe that, uh, should my decisions, should my values, should my standards be informed by that. That you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which He will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and the only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to him be honor and, et and eternal dominion. Amen. Um, it's in First Timothy uh, six. Um, if we actually embrace these ideas, do you see how that understanding that he should inform us? Uh, this idea of possessing immortality. Um, if we believe in a, in a life to come, the person that possesses it, who's in control of it, uh, I believe I'd let him uh, help me through my day. Acts 17.26 And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Um, Basically, one another one of those statements where he, he's just letting us know, hey, he's, he's in control of these things, and we are not in control of these things. Alright, so we talk about his authority, his sovereignty. Uh, let's talk about his nature. Alright, for I, the Lord, this um, a combination of Old and New Testament. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Um, this idea of an unchanging God, should, should the idea of an unchanging God uh, give you more security or less security? It would be more, right? Alright. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. So if he tells us something, we can count on it, we can plan on it, uh, we know he's going to deliver if he's told us he is. 
Hebrews 6, 18, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have a strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. I just kind of want to, I, I know everybody can't necessarily see that verse, um, but when we kind of look at this verse and start to think about really what it means to us, we who have taken refuge, right, which would be Christians, right, those that have decided to take refuge in Christ, all right, you would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. Um, and when we start thinking about what all that verse means, what does it mean to take hold of the hope set before us? That's to basically be uh, obedient to it. He's promised us that He's not going to lie to us. He's going to tell us the truth. He's not going to change. We can count on Him. And if we're people that possess strong encouragement and we've... right. Being then the children of God, we ought not to divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by art or thought of man. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I guess when we go back and we're studying in the Old Testament in the class in the morning, and when we think about some of those archaic ways that folks thought about gods, I mean, that's not something I don't think, you know, my mind doesn't work that way. I'm guessing maybe yours doesn't work that way. But certainly, we do try to make gods of things today. You know, that, that is something that we can do. Now, uh, we may not think about it as images formed by the art of man or the thought of man, like, you know, stone and wood, things like that. But, you know, even things like this, right? things that man made, uh, we do tend to make gods out of a lot of the things in our world today. And um, God is not like any of these things. Like any of the things that we imagine or want to make God into being, you know, the fundamental problem with that is that if you make God in your image as opposed to understand that you're made in His image, you, where are your standards then going to come from? Where are your morals going to come from? Where is the authority that you live your life going to come from? It's going to come from you, right? So if you try to make God into what you want Him to be, and I guess the best example of this, God would want me to be happy. Y'all ever hear that? I've heard that in the church. God would want me to be happy. And this right here ain't making me happy or whatever, so I'm going to do something else. Well, what did you just do? You just made you and what you want the standard. That's what you just did. You made God into an image of you, into an image that you like, versus understanding that you are made in His image. Right? Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God's? Uh, Revelation 4, 8, the four living creatures, each, each one of them having six wings are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. 
Deuteronomy 134, Then the Lord heard the sound of your words, and he was angry and took an oath, saying, uh, Not one of these men, this evil generation, shall see the good land which I swore to give your fathers. Um, of course, we know he's talking about the um, time when the folks were wandering in the wilderness and didn't make it out of there. Um, when we see things happen and we say, well, wow, that wasn't me that did that or, you know, uh, you know why am I suffering uh, <laughs> when I didn't do anything wrong, which we know that's not right. Uh, you know, when we fail to understand that God's holy and we assign uh, our own thoughts to what's fair, what's right, what's just, uh, what happens when we do that? We fail, right? Because we've then again, we've taken that standard, right, from God. We've taken, we, we've taken that from Him and we've taken it to ourselves, right? We've taken that right, that authority, for Him to tell us, for Him to inform us. Matthew 5.45, So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And this is one of those verses that I think sometimes is hard for us to understand, but we've got to remember, you know, not only His sovereignty, His authority, but we also have to remember His nature, right? And that's part. That's part of what he is. That's part of what he does. We love because he first loved us. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. According to the kind intention of... His will. He basically made an arrangement for us according to the kind intention of His will. Why then would I get something else? Why would I start getting stuff from me when according to the kind intention of His will, He's predestined us, predestined us to the adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself. So why would we go outside of that to arrive at these things for ourselves. Alright, Matthew 7. Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. You know, we read that story and there's, you know, the kids' songs about these things, right? And we try to uh, have our kids come up and think in that way. Um, but how often do we rely on ourselves? When, you know, Stephen and uh, Evan been going through the class, and when the kings relied on God, right? And when they didn't, and the houses fell, right? So... He's showing us. Alright, so let's have a look at our own nature. Um, and so, we all know ourselves, so we know how this is going to go. So, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, 
Uh, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Uh, now, because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, uh, I know that uh, I've got some of both of those things from time to time, and uh, uh, they cause me problems immediately, usually. I don't have to wait for that to be a problem, but uh, certainly at the revelation of the righteous judgment of God, that's a problem. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Now it's in Judges. Uh, we know kind of the direction we tend to go in when we start choosing for ourselves. God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 9 On the contrary, you who, who are you, O man, who answers back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, Why did you make me like this? Will it? Or does not the potter have the right over the clay to make from the same lump, one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And he did so to uh, make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Uh, when you begin to break this passage down, uh, and really look what's said there. Of course, I can't really read it without thinking about Job trying to get an answer from God. And when he got an answer from God, he was like, ooh, <laughs> kind of scary. Um, you know, this idea of me questioning uh, God and his process, you know, his thoughts are greater than ours, his wisdom is beyond our comprehension. Uh, you know, I guess the point is, why don't we just go ahead and do uh, do according to His will and His way and understand that not only has He prepared uh, glory for us as vessels of mercy, you know, that He might lift us up uh, through His own process, not through our process, right? Um, let the Creator make me what he intended to make me, right? Submit to my creator in all these things, like my sensibilities, my values, my morals, where should they come from? They come from me, my own experiences, or they should or should I do everything I can to make sure that whatever it is comes from him? For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom uh, we have to do. Um, this idea that his word... Uh, will have an impact on us, 
that it will change us. Um, it'll make us into His image. I, I mean, I, I think sometimes we embrace too much some of the thoughts of the world these days that, um, you know, this idea of individual expression or, you know, me being me, um, you know, to me that discounts the idea that His Word is powerful to make us into His image. You know, if we were created in His image and we can't uh, mold ourselves into following the example of Christ, I just don't know what that means if that's, if that's not what it means. Alright, so really kind of the difficulty when we start talking about this idea of good and evil is this idea of free choice. And um, I don't know yet that I understand this. You know, I've tried to uh, get better about trying to understand, you know, obviously if, if a man, if I can, well, of course I can't do it. Maybe some of y'all could do it. I could build a robot to do exactly my will. If I could build a robot to do exactly my will, and that robot then would meet all of its purposes for which it was created, right? Would, would the robot make mistakes? Mess up and do different things day after day? Well, we know how it works. So, this idea of free will seems to be a problem for us. It's a little bit difficult uh, for me, but, you know, I think about this idea of my kids, right? As my kids grow up, and... Maybe they do things because they love me. They got a choice every day, right? How they're going to do. Uh, now, do I like it more when they do what I want them to do when I'm spanking them? Or when they know they're not going to get a reward or they know they're going to get a punishment? Do I like that better or do I like it better when they do, when I, when they do what I want them to do and they can choose anything in their... Right? I mean, folks that are parents understand this, right? Yeah. When, when they do those things out of choice, it's a value. Now, could he have made us different? Sure. Could have made us just like robots, just like we make robots to make cars. But he didn't. All right. So Acts uh, 17, that they would uh, seek God if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and thought of man. And I go back to this idea, right, that we ought not to think of the divine nature like those things. You know, and I think maybe for the most part we, we don't do that. Uh, and, and maybe uh, old Israel did those things, but it seems like when they came from in that way, in times of ignorance, God has now declared all people everywhere should repent because the man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer, but others said, we shall hear you again concerning this. I mean... So when we think about uh, God and uh, His authority, His sovereignty, His nature, uh, when we think about our uh, own nature, 
and when we think about um, you know basically what he's done for us uh, by raising Christ from the dead uh, to give us confidence that he can do that for us we put all that stuff together and still uh, use our own wisdom use our own thoughts to make our decisions to inform ourselves to train our consciences in certain ways right um, it seems like we're missing something so Romans 8 who will separate us from the love of Christ will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword just as it is written for your sake we are being put to death all day long we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered, but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquered, uh, conquer him through who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And relative to how we think about things every day, not only will it not be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, what about the hope that we have each day? What about that great encouragement, strong encouragement that we read about earlier? Well, the, can those things, can this bad stuff steal that from us even in the worst of times? If we do indeed, fully embrace this, right? So let's have some concluding thoughts. Alright, 2 Peter 1.3 Seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. So, everything we need pertaining to life and godliness comes from a true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Right? And that true knowledge is going to be in this book. And just like we read last week, this idea of all you do in word or deed, doing in His name or basically by His authority, isn't that what this verse says? Romans 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Alright? And um, John 8.32, and You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So, when we think about these things that so easily set people's lives on edge, you know, this idea of climate change and the turmoil in the country or in the government or in the world, the economy, all these different things that seem to consume people, um, what will free people? What will turn people loose from basically those negative thoughts, that anxiety, that worry, what what'll what'll fix that? What um, what is it that we can fill ourselves with 
that will save us basically from all of these other bad things. Not not keep bad things from happening, but keep us from having a bad attitude about those things. Confidence in his sovereignty, confidence in his authority, confidence in his nature. Uh, those are the things that are going to do this for us. Um, not really a lesson uh, particularly given to the idea of uh, telling somebody what they need to do to be to become a Christian, but once you become a Christian, uh, this idea of taking up your cross daily, uh, that's a real deal, isn't it? That's a struggle. That's something that we have to do, and it's, and it's uh, not easy. But it's basically impossible if we do it based on our own feelings, our own thoughts, our own will, uh, even our own happiness, right? Even this idea that I'm going to embrace some version of happy uh, that I think I know, right? Um, those are not the things that um, carry us to a place where we've got hope in Him, are they? So, uh, if you will, turn your songbooks to 293, and if you find yourself subject to the invitation, uh, we'd ask you to come forward and ask for the uh, prayers of the saints or um, let us know what we can do for you um, to help you out. Uh, number 293, uh, all three verses.